right, quick uh, reminder, be sure to go to my website, Sharon Lee Zapata, and click on the link that says Free Fantastic. There is a printable. It's an awesome printable. I actually have it on my bathroom mirror. It's free. You don't even have to give me your email. I mean, you just click it on and print it. It's 22 things that we can control. Because let's face it, we cannot control everything. Only crazy, uh, psychopathic narcissists want to control everything. (laughs) But it's a great motivator. It's a great, I mean, I love it. I look at it every morning and it helps me to, you know what, get my day going. And it's a free gift from me to you. And I just thought I'd leave this message and remind you. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, what's happening? This podcast episode is brought to you by our sponsor. You ready? You're going to find them on Instagram at Glitter Karaoke Houston. Glitter Karaoke Houston. It's in Midtown. It's the perfect place for you to go and have your midweek unwind with a drink or three. It's one of the hottest little spots for karaoke and their food menu. Their kitchen is yummers like num 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 num. Their dumplings, their chicken. Oh God, what the hell did I have there? The chicken, not chicken wings, the chicken poppers. I don't know. All I know is the food is amazing. They're there for you Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Wednesdays, which is today, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And on Sundays, they're there for you 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. You know what? They have industry night. That means the people that work in the industry that work their asses off in the kitchen, in the bars, in the restaurant, Monday is your night. Tuesday, taco night. Wednesday, steak night. Thursday is chef pop-ups. That means local chefs here in the Houston area get to come and do their thing and share their little menu with all their yummy stuff, right? And then Friday and Saturday, of course, is karaoke. Sundays is always live music and a DJ. So you got to pop in. They're at 2621 Milam. Milam, M-I-L-A-M, Milam Street, Houston, Texas, and that's in Midtown. Take care, guys. Hello. Hey, hello. Can you hear me good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> You're silly. Uh, no, it's I being Donkey Kong. It's for Donkey. It's been forever since I've played That's a that. Long, yeah, it's a long time ago. Gee, I know we're dating. Surprise! You're so young. No, I'm not. I look young, but I'm 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 older. I'm I'm. Uh, how do you one- keep so? How do you keep looking so young like that? I mean, what what is your secret? <laughs> You know what? That's a good interview. Um, yeah. I don't know. Coffee, uh, uh, music. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I just had that je- those jeans from my granny. They were like that. Yeah. They were yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But hey, uh-huh. so we're on. We're on yeah. right now. Uh, so welcome to Middle Finger Happiness Podcast. Work hard, live well, don't fuck with me. Um, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the hostess. <laughs> Sharon Lisa Fata. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. And these are stories of, oh, the struggle, the grit, the comeback. It's the comeback story and how we got from where we are, where we used to be to where we're at now. And I love the guests that I have on here right now. I'm so excited. I have Dr. Roman, Roman Velasquez from El Paso, Texas. And dude, I'm excited. Like I watch you. 
I'm excited too. I'm, you are. Hey, so so tell before we get into all this, I'd love to tell people. Um, okay, is that your phone or my phone? The clickety click. Um, you click. Probably you, your phone. Oh shoot. Okay, so I, you're. Yeah. Okay. Dang it. But I yeah, have everything set up. But you hear me good? Yeah, yeah, you're perfect. Okay, well then we're just gonna <coughs> we're gonna keep going. I, I do hear something, yeah. but I don't know what it is. Dang it. Really? Um there it is. Okay, I can't maybe, hear it. Okay, maybe it's just me. It's my mic. There it is. Got it. Um, where was I? So yeah, I don't edit and love it because I don't have time to edit. But yeah. um, we I I met you on social media. I was it I think a Gary Vaynerchuk post. I think so. Or it was Irwin LaCourse through Irwin LaCourse. Maybe. The movement oh. guy. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny how, how people can connect the dots with social media if you start yeah. wanting yeah. to connect with the right people. So before we get into everything, I love to tell people because I never know when someone's in the beginning, middle or end of the podcast, number one, where they can find you. So I know for sure you're on Instagram and it's at doctor and that's dr dot roman r-o-m-a-n velasquez v-e-l-a-s-q-u-e-z and then um i was looking up you're also on linkedin yeah i'm also on linkedin too uh uh, roman velasquez awesome and and dude well here we go so you're gonna have to tell me how you got your degree in ibnb and (laughs) the, the, the magic question is who are you and what do you do yeah, so um, I'm Roman Velasquez. I'm original from El Paso, Texas. Um, I uh, I left at an early age to join the Marine Corps, uh, where I spent 15 years and um, got my uh, education. I've always been in, in in fight sports, wrestling, boxing, some martial arts. So I served uh, for about 15 years. Came back. Uh, managed to finish off my uh, doctorate degree in uh, leadership and uh, got really interested in uh, the neuroscience of leadership. So I continued on and got a a certification on neurobiology uh, uh, postdoctoral certification. So, so with that, I started to, to do some workshops and do some uh, small consultant uh, type work with the, with uh, executive teams, uh, work teams, and whatnot. And during the course of that, uh, a, uh, a world championship boxer um, contacted me and wanted me to work with him on some, uh, on some mental strength uh, issues and uh, some visualization and mindfulness. And that's how I started. So today now uh, what I do is um, I do fight sports, neurocognitive performance efficiency training. Um, I have um, several athletes that uh, fight at the world-class level, um, predominantly in the UFC. And um, that's what I've been doing for the past four years. And uh, I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, Along the way, I've met so many interesting people, some really, really mentally strong people. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about. The whole... um, whole because this is going to be new to some people. Some people are not going to know what is cognitive training and how does it increase our, our resilience toward 
toward fatigue. And, you know, you talked about boxing and boxing is a very strategic sport. People think it's not, you're just going in there and you're pitting, but it is a jab, jab, <laughs> right hook. It is a strategic, yeah. I love boxing and it's probably basketball would be my number one sport. And then boxing would be my second one that I would <clears throat> sit down. And I rarely sit yeah. down and watch TV. So tell us about how the mental, uh, the, the, the training of the <clears throat> cognitive training <clears throat> or the BR, what is it called? The BP and T like it's a branch programmed neurocognitive training. Um, right, right, right. So, so there's, there's various branches obviously in the neurosciences and the psychological psychology field. So uh, the sports neurocognitive performance training and efficiency is kind of like a toddler industry. It's fastly growing. So, so there's a lot of, a lot of trainers out there that are working from a general sense, um, in sports for athletes. Um, I, I, I chose to really niche it down to fight sports because that's what I used to do as an amateur. So I, I like that. I like the challenge and, um, you know, in sports, uh, the margin of winning or losing can be traced back to fractions of a second, a slip, a punch, a kick, an elbow, any counterpunch, a delay, uh, an overthinking or emotion can end a match. So speed is key in combat sports. So some of the basic fundamentals that I work on with athletes is enhancing the neurovisual aspect, optimizing cognitive efficiency, and, and increasing brain processing speed so that the athlete can be can can perceptively slow down their environment and be more decisive, responsive, and accurate, as well as avoid being overly impulsive under high pressure. Right, you know, right. It, it, it turns out that that the different frequency uh, sensory features in our brain have different frequencies, they have different speeds. So when you, when you increase that brain processing speed, yes. the brain learns to quickly manipulate those sensory frequencies and you can perceptively slow down your environment so that you can be more responsive and accurate. You know what so, that reminds me of? And, and you probably, I don't know if you remember the movie with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, it was the Sherlock Holmes movie where he's like about to kick ass. He's about to kick these two dudes ass in the alley and he slows it down in his mind. Like he knows what he's going to do to each guy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now there's, there's several aspects to that. And, and one other key aspect to that is having the ability and the pre-programs embedded in your neural circuitry that happen automatic. In other how words, do you, how do you embed those things? And this is for the normal person to make processing, uh, to make a decisions quicker and more effectively. Cause a lot of people aren't used to making decisions because they just don't make them that often. They, they take, oh, I got to think about it. Well, no, you either know you want something or you don't. You really already know it. So what is yeah. that? How does that help people, just regular people, with what you're doing? Well, it starts with fundamentals. It's like anything else. Fundamentals lay the groundwork and the foundation to anything that you do. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, have those quick selling you know, training courses, you know, and eight steps become a better and eight steps you can, you know, and, and there's no such thing, you know, you got to have a foundation. You got to learn the basics in basketball. You not, you, you have to know how to do that, you know, that chest pass 
you you have to know how to dribble with both hands, how to move, how to how to walk with the ball and how to run with that ball, how to pass it effectively, and how to do a quick a, a simple layup. And boxing, same thing. You gotta you gotta know the boxing stand. You gotta box yourself. Boxing comes from a little box of the footwork that is supposed to take place in your movement with your feet. So the basics are very important. Same thing with the brain. The basics, the foundations that you lay are very important. And so how do you achieve that? You achieve that through repetitive training, the right type of training. You know, um, the, one of the reasons that I, I really don't work with amateurs is, is the fact that an amateur is, is, is still learning. It's still in the learning process. Compared to an elite level fighter, mm-hmm. this elite level fighter has already have the basics. He's way above average. He's an elite status and really his, his and her motor cortex is so refined for movement, for muscle memory that I work on, 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 on basically work on what I call mind the gap. What does so that mean? The mind the gap. The, mining the gap is shortening that gap of incoming information that you're seeing, processing, your brain processes that information, and you react. And that has to be within milliseconds. You know, we work with fighters that we we, we start off, and, and these are elite level fighters. They'll start off at some speed at 700 milliseconds. And, and that's very Wait, wait, fast. wait, wait. I've never heard that. Milli or milli? Milliseconds. Milli. What? M-I-L-L-I seconds so if you break down break down one second into milliseconds uh that's what that's what we work with you know an average fight in a bar uh all else being equal an average fight in a bar the average the average guy or girl will throw a, a, a punch or a slap at a 1.5 seconds um so yeah, when you talk <laughs> when you talk about that in terms of an elite level sport you know the elite uh, elite level average speed for a punch and even a kick. Yes, is, in, in many circumstances, it's around four hundred milliseconds. It's so quick, and you know my my background. God, again, somebody's gonna have to interview me, but I've seen some shit go down at two o'clock in the morning in the parking lot <laughs> at IHOP. Don't ask me how I got there. At IHOP. Oh my gosh! <laughs> in the parking lot, but yeah, I saw a guy who had a black a black belt in martial arts just yeah. with quickly i mean the guy didn't even have time to blink the guy that was about to t- attack him sure. i mean boom it was just boom and the guy was down and we all yeah, left that's while, automatic yeah that's it, automatic but he was a black belt and uh, yeah just yeah. Uh, the guy was picking on him and you know all he did is this one quick thing and it was over it was done absolutely so you know i mean the other thing to consider is that uh, the average adult brain has about 70,000 thoughts per day. So we really become what we think about the most. Um, Also, our brain is a feeling brain. It feels before it thinks. That's why people say, oh, I feel like having a cheeseburger today, or I feel like having a pizza today, you know? So so it feels, it it feels before we think. And, and, And feelings and emotions come before thoughts. And these thoughts direct our emotions, and these felt emotions obviously create the memories. I love what you what, what you wrote on. Uh, let me see. It's a new day. Don't be a shithead book. 
Did you get my book? You got yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I cool. love it, man. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> you know, and, and I love the quote, your quote, uh, uh, I think it's on page 54, uh, with uh, you're, you're talking about memories with hard lessons, you know, are the best teachers. And, and, and you quote, my age has not made me wiser. It's all the bullshit I've been through. <laughs> There's a memory around the corner, bitches. You know? <laughs> that oh, that's so, an awesome one. I got to go back and read that. That is so powerful because memories um, uh, is very tricky. Um, it, it turns mm. out, <clears throat> it turns out that well, in the concept of memory consolidation, and, and, and I follow uh, Dr. Joseph Ledoux from New York University. He studies mm. all, uh, all things related, amygdala, the, the, the hub of emotions. But when he talks about memories, uh, uh, when you unearth a memory, whether it be good or bad, when you unearth a memory, it turns out that it becomes unstable. Mm. So there's a critical time there with this unstableness, you're able to update that memory. That's why uh, uh, memory continually updates. And you're just as good as your last memory of that memory. You know, I, I, know, I don't know if you know a guy or a gal that tells the same story all the time at all the gatherings. And this story changes and yeah, they'll start saying, yeah, we were there. And <laughs> man, I, I had to get on my cell phone. I, yeah. I said, wait a minute. There wasn't any cell phones back then. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, uh, they were. It, it, you know, and that's a good example. We, but you know what that reminds me of, of the memory of the memory? And then this is really going back. Remember the Xerox machines or the, the, the yeah, the, the Xerox machines. You know how you can get a copy of a copy of a copy? Right. By the time, by the time you've made that 10th copy, that copy so faded. It's not even crisp and clear like the first copy. That reminds me back of school, my school days, elementary school days, where the teacher said, here, go get 20 copies of these. And it's like, you could barely read it. Right? Because she was like, I'm making a copy of the 15th copy. So that is yeah. so funny. Then when you said something really interesting <coughs> about the brain, and I was going to ask you about the, pre the prefrontal cortex, which is, I think, is the front part of the brain. And that's the part that you know, when somebody says, oh, I'm too old. No, you're not. The, you know, tell right. us about, tell us a little bit about that with, with anybody who's listening, who's thinking, you know, oh, it's too late for me to start this new project or I, I and this is the one I get and, and we, I want to hear about it with the prefrontal cortex. Oh, I'm so bad with technology. And I'm like, yeah, Karen, you didn't know how to drive a car and you figured that shit out, didn't you? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. So let's not say we're bad with technology. It's just technology. We, it's all figure outable. So how does, how does that help somebody who's listening an entrepreneur or in leadership that the prefrontal <clears throat> cortex and then learning something new? Yeah. I think that the, uh, first of all, the prefrontal cortex has various functions. It's, it's actually the CEO of the brain. It, this is where all your executive decisions take place. Will I do this? Will I not do this? And before you even do it, the left pre dorsal prefrontal cortex, actually a, a group of, of, of a neural circuitries lights up when you're about to take action. That means that you've decided already to take action. So it lights up. So you know, by looking at fMRIs, by looking at you know, uh, various technologies, even with EEGs, um, we're able to see that this execu executive decision making center is activated during these these periods when we're doing these things uh short-term memory 
uh, uh, multitasking. People call it multitasking, but you really can't multitask because the brain can't can't do that. You have to focus in on 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 one thing at a time to do it. Uh, what what is 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 pre uh, preconceived as as multitasking is really operating programs that we have that are automatically and i'll give you a perfect example how many times have you driven to Mm -hmm. your studio you don't even have to think about it but you're there and during the meantime you already had about 10 conversations with 10 different people right what is that cause it's a schematoma schematic yeah it's a it's a schema and what what it is it's a it's really a mind map it's it's a pre-program that you have already embedded within yourself it's like that, uh, autopilot. You're like on autopilot. Yeah. That's how that's how a lot of really drunk people can get home from the bar. <laughs> oh my god! The It'll brain do Uber. actually does it for them. It's like program this in, and we know how it's, to get home. Yeah, wow. but the, I mean, uh, again, you know, I, I don't recommend anybody doing that. Because right? No, of course get, not. That's how people get killed. Right. But the executive decision center is, is is very prominent in in what we do on a working daily basis because it also it also holds your working memory you know what you have to do the plan for the day it keeps right there in your forethought and your your prefrontal cortex the other thing that it does um in terms of learning a new skill as you talk about i'm scared of oh this technology is just you know i'm there's a learning skill that's involved with anything that you do so so let's take art for example. How 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 long have you been painting, Sharon? How, how, how long have you been doing since that? I was since I was in kindergarten? Think about it. I really never stopped. So that's yeah. been probably you know forty something years. You just yeah, you just yeah, keep, I, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there so, and there and there could be po- there would be years where I didn't do art because I had the corporate job, the the big girl job. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but then once I got the canvas back out and the paint back out, it all came back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's really embedded in you. And, and, and you try to learn a new skill. Uh, focus is very important. And focus comes from the prefrontal cortex. Mm. Um, to paying attention, concentrating on that. The best way to learn from a lecture and remember that lecture for tomorrow's test is right. you have to pay attention. If you don't pay attention, okay, even if you write copious notes, if you don't pay attention, you have, I mean, there's different brain hacks that you, that, 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 that you can do to remember certain things and put it into a story, you know, uh, and a lot of people like to do that in order why, to memorize yeah. a lot of, a lot of things. Is- why is it we can remember this is gonna this is fine I know we're getting a little bit off track but why is it we can remember like a song all the words to that song we hadn't heard that song in forever and all of a sudden it's on the radio and you're just singing along with it and your your brain I mean does it have like a file cabinet and goes oh yes we remember those words and then you yeah it's mnemonics you know most songs are number one most songs are written in a fashion that you can remember them because they they kind of rhyme okay. And the other thing is uh, the emotion uh, piece attached to it. Every most notable memory that you have mm-hmm. that's most memorable has an emotional piece attached to it. It could be that that song reminded you of a past boyfriend 
girlfriend, a situation, and it all comes flushing back up to you. And along with those feelings, here comes all the words to it, you know, and mm. it happens automatically. So when you say like the brain, the brain is a feeling brain. Like you, like you said today, I feel like eating pizza, you know, it actually, it does feel. Yeah. And, and, and and the thing about it is, is that you got to remember that your memory of an event is not stored in one little location in your brain. It's located because it's attached to a lot of other neural networks so it, you're constantly you're constantly reshaping you know uh, uh, it, it, it the brain is a, it, it's a categorical brain it categorizes things and people and it doesn't really quick and it develops unconscious biases so your brain is really mm-hmm. a relentless shapeshifter constantly rewriting its own circuitry and because your experiences are unique so are the vast detailed patterns in your neural networks. So they continue to change your whole life. Your identity really is a moving target. It never reaches an endpoint. You're continually rewiring yourself. Yeah, this is amazing because the brain is so important and it needs, I think, it, well, not it needs, I think the brain takes up 30% of our energy. Yeah, it's about 20%. Uh, 20%? You know, I mean, it's the smallest, one of the smallest organs that we have, really. Um, it's, it weighs about three pounds. You know, you could hold it on, 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 on both of your palms. It's, it's 75% water, but yet it could contemplate the vastness of interstellar space, the meaning of God and self, wow. you know, the meaning of infinity. And it could contemplate on itself, contemplating on all these things, you know, truly remarkable truly remarkable okay and then we're going to switch gears now because i want to go into your fight sport i'm looking you know at your instagram and the way i love how you have it um your description training for the modern day gladiator so fight sport neurocognitive performance that's really what you do and how do you how do you train uh like tim dirty bird which i saw an mma fighter how did you get that uh, or or your your skill set to help him perform better well, it's throughout working throughout the years with various fighters and obviously, you know, researching and uh, getting certified in, in, in some of the neural technologies that we use. And it's a constant learning process. Every athlete, every individual is different. It's unique because the brain is unique. And and so so what we do is is, is that we we, we have a, a 10 point assessment. Um, that we do before we initially start to work with fighter. We want to know where that fighter's that fighter is in, in right. terms of cognitive performance. Uh, <clears throat> we look at things such as uh, eye hand coordination. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> drink some water here. So we look at things like hand and eye coordination, peripheral visual acuity. Uh, uh, dynamic matching and in, in, in visual acuity, near far focus, split attention, cognitive flexibility, or or better known as task switching, uh, and then we 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 quantify their meditative process. Why do we have our athletes meditate? It's very important because meditating you want to quiet the brain down. Mm. The more quiet that your brain does, the less energy it consu- consumes. 
And this energy for our fighters is used on fight night, on fight day. Right, because we, it, it's going to fatigue. It, it, that yeah. fatigue is going to... You have to make sure the fatigue is going in the right direction. Absolutely. You got to min, min, mitigate those fatigue factors. Mm. Mental fatigue is very real. And most fights are lost because of the central nervous systems, of the mental fatigue, of the lack of uh, <clears throat> visual acuity, <clears throat> you know, I, 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 and minding the gap. I am I, I, I'm really <laughs> concerned when I hear a fighter says, you know, um, I just didn't see it coming. <clears throat> well, Where? you know, I believe, I strongly believe that they did see it coming, but they could not react in time. And if they really did not see it coming, there's a bigger gap. So we, we close that gap, and that's why we have this 10-point assessment. We close that gap because we want to know uh, – how that information that's incoming through the lens of the eyes into the brain, how it's processed and how quickly this athlete can react. Right. So, so they'll make fewer mistakes and they'll predict a better response. Sure. And then we use the other, we use other uh, uh, related technologies to increase predictability and anticipation uh, uh, for the opponent. Uh, there's, uh, there's some, uh, uh, glasses that are called strobophobic glasses and what they do they look like really cool sunglasses and if you go through my instagram feed you'll see tim or some of our other fighters wearing these glasses while we're training them and what they do is they have a blinking flickering effect and it really distorts the vision so when that happens the visual cortex goes into shock and it thinks something is wrong with the eyesight so it quickly starts to snag, and snag is an acronym that we use to stimulate neuronal activation and growth. It, it quickly snags the brain for nearby neural circuitries that it can use, and some of the neural circuitries that take place in that are the ones that predict or, or have predictability. So it snags them because of this. And, and flickering vision. So when you take the glasses off, you 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 now have neural circuitries that are starting to make connections with part of the visual circuitries that we're working on, and so it enhances that performance that way. Wow! Yeah, I mean, there's just so many moving parts to this. I mean, I I and it's so funny you know how I know there's a few, there's a handful of Instagram feeds that. I just get stuck in the wormhole. Believe it or not, I've looked at a lot of yours, and I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in, I'm in class, like I'm learning something. And 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 speaking of learning, why is it, or is it just practice? Why do some people learn faster than others? Is it again, is it just comes from reading or or being accustomed to learning new things, where something's thrown at you and you're, yeah, 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 I can figure it out. Give it, let me try. Whereas somebody yeah. else, you know, absolutely. You know, it's like anything else. Uh, we, if we want to get good at something, we have to practice it. So by you practicing things, by you doing things, these things, um, you develop the, the neural circuitry that is directly correlated to that type of performance. You know, it's like uh, you've been painting your masterpieces ever since you were a child. You know, mm -hmm. you, when you see a blank canvas, you already see a masterpiece. Your neural circuitry is such 
that the masterpiece is already there. So when you start, as, as compared to somebody else that's not an artist, you show them a, a, a blank oh, canvas. They yes. see the can. They see the canvas. That's they it. They don't see. They, no. they, they see just a blank canvas. You don't see it that way because your neural circuitry is such that yeah. in, you're 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 very much specifically wired. Right. And your vision is already there for that masterpiece. You know. You know, it's funny. We had a we had a sip and what do you call it? Sip and paint. You 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 paint and you sip wine. I had that last year here. <laughs> right. And I had. I, we had a handful of late. We actually had a great time. Everybody had a great time. I always make sure everybody has fun. But I, I could tell the ladies who had never painted before, they didn't know where to begin. And so I had to give them a, just a little yeah. bit. But, but the beautiful thing about art is it's whatever you want it to be. It could, it doesn't, you know. So everybody's, everybody's piece of art was different, but it was really, really cool. It came out great. But I, I let people know it's just art. You know, you're not curing cancer, so just, just go with it. But yeah, yeah. The, pers the person who had not done that, uh, now, it, now it makes sense. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So cre creativity uh, um, really happens when ideas have sex, you know, <laughs> and, it's, and it's all about the foreplay. You know, when you, when you are painting and you have this idea already in you, you could see that. And, it, and it's all about the foreplay because that's where all the neurochemical cocktails and juices are coming out. And that's all these feel good neurochemicals. They're flooding your body <laughs> and you get in this creative mode, you know, it's oh, like yeah. the, the, the pituitary gland in the brain. That's, that's the bartender. This is the one responsible for all these neurochemical cocktails. It's the only bartender to the only bar in town. That's your brain. And this is where it all comes in. You know, so so we're kind of all addicts. You're you're as an artist, you're an addict, not oh. because you're an addiction to the art, because the way the art makes you feel because of all these neurochemical cocktails yes. that your body is making for you. So wow. you, we're 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 all addicts. OK, uh, you see people that all are always gossiping about something. You know, it's not like they like to gossip. It's because they need to have that fix. Oh, because yeah. gossiping makes gives them that neurochemical, you know, my give yeah. dopamine, some adrenaline, those, those whatever, you know. Yeah, the endorphins and all. Yeah. I guess, uh, well, the same with running. I used to run a lot. Now I, I, oh, yeah. I, I don't run as much. My knee is had telling me to can't do that as much. But my hot yoga <coughs> or riding my or riding my bicycle, and I yeah, just like you got to get back outside. You got to start moving, or else it starts getting clogged up, and you need those endorphins. And I. I think that's the fountain of youth. You know, you had asked that question. I think yeah. if you stay active, it really does keep all those things moving, those hormones, those, those uh, endorphins, everything. Um, and the creativity, I have a question for you, for anybody who's listening, who is, who is a creative and it happens to me, especially when I go to bed at night, um, I have to tell my brain, stop it, hush, go to bed. Because all these things of what I'm going to do tomorrow are just going in my head, like shooting, boom, 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 boom. So I don't know. Is that just something right. that <laughs> I'm just weird? Or is that just a thing you're like, okay, you need to shut it off. It needs to shut off, you know. Or I have little notepads and I write, I write note. there's notepads all around my house. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people might, might look at that and say, well, you know, there's something wrong with with sharing or there, you know, there's some, uh, that's not, that's not normal. The, the problem is, the problem is, is that, is that 
you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of imperfections that society has labeled imperfection, ADHD, you know, OCD, uh, obsessive compulsiveness, uh, up, y- y- you know, uh, competitiveness. You know, it's not normal according to society to be like that. So those those are gifts of imperfection, and that's what I tell my fighters. Those gifts of imperfection are uh, allowing you to be in the sport, to be competitive, to be obsessed with with your sport, with your ability to compete, and that's very important because you gotta you gotta you, you, you gotta understand that these imperfections that people normal people say are imperfections or abnormal abnormalities mm-hmm. are are actual gifts, and then we we gotta leverage those gifts, you know. Um, but it's the same, at the same time, you know, at the same time, you have to, you have to recognize what, what, what is happening within you in terms of, in terms of the thought processes, in terms of all these, all this mind chatter, and then put it into some sort of formation, you know, that you could, that you could leverage that to, right. to work for you, you know? Right. And it's this morning I was at, uh, I was in hot yoga and there's a lady in our class. Uh, I think she's the, she's the oldest lady in the class, but she's so full, so full of energy. And she says, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm writing a book. And I'm like, Oh man, that's awesome. I said, are you a writer? Well, I used to do, and she starts naming the things that she used to do. She goes, but when I was growing up, we were told we only could do one thing. And I'm like, What's kind of bullshit? I said, you should use all the crayons in your box. And so society does that to us again, too, is that you're doing too many things. Why? How do you do so many things? And it's really not that you're doing so many things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's where the pretensions comes into play on 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 your book. The middle finger happiness. (laughs) Um, I love that book. (laughs) <laughs> On chapter six, you you said, if you spend your life pretending to be someone else, you waste the person that you are. Exactly. But oh, that's yes. how society, that's how the schools operate. You have to become a certain way or else yes. you're not going to make it, you know. Uh, the oh, schools yeah. are based on the old industrial system, you know, for, for the blue collar worker. Yep. There's a bell, you start to work, you start school. There's another bell, you go to eat. There's another bell, you take a break. There's another bell, you're off, you know? And then you got some assignments in there. So, so a lot of these kids learn, learning to, to pretend to, to, to be the student, the model student, the, the, you know, the good student. And then the ones that are not so good students really... <laughs> Don't, don't, don't wind up, wind up barely graduating. But if you see them, they're the ones that when they get into the workforce, they're the ones that succeed very well Yep. by themselves. These are the entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, they scale up for themselves. But here's the other thing on, on pretending. Yeah. When we pretend as growing up, when we pretend to be a role model, that's good because you're actually finding your identity. Your, 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 your experiences are leading to a future event that you might have already set a goal. You, you know, when I was a child, I wanted to be a police officer. 
I, that's what I wanted to do. And why? I wanted why? to be a police officer. Why'd you want to be a police officer? I don't know. I guess it was because there was a police substation at the recreation center. We used to hang out at as kids. And there was this uh, police officer that ran the substation. Uh, uh, he was a police lieutenant. And uh, I took a liking to him. He took a liking to me. And, 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 and I just loved the way he looked in uniform. The, the, you know, so, his, he, his so he model. made an impact. He made yeah, an he made an impact. You. So I want to be a police officer, you know, <clears throat> but but how 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 things change through, throughout the course of life. Well, did I ever become a police officer? Well, I went into and, and here's the other thing. <laughs> I, I I met a Marine Corps recruiter and I also said, I want to wear that uniform. I want to I want to go see the world, too. There you go. And, and and when I asked this Marine recruiter, listen, I had some scholarships to college because I was straight A. I, I, I graduated honor uh, with, wow. with honors. And, and he said, well, I'll tell you what, the Marine Corps will pay you. It's got scholarships. It will pay your education. Plus, I will make you a police officer in the Marine Corps, too. So I said, man, I have the best of both worlds. I'm in. Where do I sign? You know, and I went in there, you know, uh, pretty young. My parents had to sign because I was young. And, and uh, yeah, so I spent 15 years. But, again, wow. sometimes the pretending you have to. Right. But when you pretend to be someone that you're not, that's when your neural circuitry is being wired the wrong way for mm. the wrong things. For the wrong you know? things. And it, winds up, and it winds up nowhere, really. And you know what? I want to take a moment to tell you thank you for your service because my I come from a military family and oh, cool. I have. Oh, yeah. So thank you for your service being in the Marines. So I want to let anybody who's thinking about um, – looking into i mean do, do they have any places where they can read more information about what you do what you offer but i know you only work with mm badass mma fighters <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but they any, really are <laughs> they are so any any information or any t- i should say any tips or words i the words of wisdom I, I hate using that thing but maybe some some hack some kind of brain hack there you go that can help somebody who's feeling either stuck or unmotivated but they know they want to do something. Yeah, well, it's all, it's a, you know, there's not a one, two, three step thing to, it, it, it gives you a special meaning when, when you start to, to self-reflect on, on the things that, that have made you, you know, what, what got you to this level where you're at right now is not going to get you to another level that you may want to go. Okay, it's if you want to, but it's not important. Like I tell my fighters, it's not important uh, to become the champion and get the championship belt. It's more important to become the person that you need to be in order to become the champion. So, so when you self-reflect and you take a look at who you are, and 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 you really want to uh, make some changes, start with little things, chunk your work. You know, mm-hmm. start with uh, a, a, a new activity that you haven't done that is going to lead you to that bigger goal. You know, create little wins every day. You know, if I finish writing a chapter of my book, that's a win. Okay. If I finish a, reading the first book that I've read in three months, that's a win. 
And um, that's what it adds up to. People think it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's an accumulation of these little things that you little do. Wins. Yeah. Little wins turn out to be the, 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 the big, the big thing. And yeah, uh, when you look back, when you look back after all these little wins, yeah. you're, you are so close to where you want to be. Oh yeah. You know, you're oh, yeah. so close to where you want to be. The other thing is, is, uh, is take place in visioning, vision yourself doing these things, you know, Take time and close your eyes, listen to some meditative music and vision. I don't know if you've ever visioned uh, 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 one of your masterpieces, Sharon. I don't know how they come about. Is it in a dream? Is it just come after thought? You know, because our brains are like Wi-Fi. You, you know, know what? I prototypical uh, ideas are they floating just pop around. In. Yeah. yeah, they pop. You got to get in the right frequency to snatch those ideas flying all over. And then you have to write it down. You cannot remember yeah. everything. And I put that yeah, in Yeah, don't own. rely on your memory. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, Forget it. Uh, the little book of startup inspiration in that book. And that book's more for entrepreneurs. I, I have this thing where you have to write it down. You cannot remember every amazing idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So, That's why every dream that you have, if you're into dreams and, and dreams have, have messages, you, you write it down, you know? Right. You write it down. You know, the guy that invented the sewing machine, Neil, had a dream. In, uh, 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 indigenous people following him, chasing him, throwing him spears, and these big spears have slits in the point on the pointy side. That's how he came to discover the needle where you put the thread in. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You're so full of amazing ideas. I you're so full of shit, but that doesn't. <laughs> you're so. You're so full of amazing information and ideas and energy. And uh, it would be so cool to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you in person. I would just be like a student just sitting there on the third cup, just listening. I I can't thank you enough for just taking time out of your day for being here. And um, I'd love to have you come back maybe after the holidays, after – uh, New Year's, uh, in which is believe it or not, in about what five months, six months. I can't yeah. believe we're already going to be. If, if yeah, you're, uh, time flies, man. It does time fly. I want to be able to see what you're doing in the next six months, who you're working with, and yeah, yeah. Again, if anybody wants to follow you, do you want to let them know your handles for your accounts? Yeah, it's dr.romanvelasquez at Instagram. Uh, on Facebook is Roman Velasquez or Access to Brain Based Leadership as well. And uh, I'm there. Um, okay. I'll put that all that in the links connect. inside here. Oh, my goodness. You're so amazing. And it's just super interesting to learn about the brain. I mean, how, and especially how you said it, it rewires itself. It's, it does its own circuitry. It continues all throughout life. All throughout mm-hmm. life. You know, we now know, we now know that for, for the longest time that once we lose brain cells, uh, they're gone. But the brain also makes new brain cells. And, and it mainly happens when you have an active lifestyle, when you exercise. You know, these new daughter cells grow through the hippocampal area of the brain mm. uh, where memories take place. And these daughter cells start to join other networks. That's why learning new things is so important. Like for you, for example, I know that you do uh, art classes and art clinics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Combine two seemingly unrelated areas. Like you want to stimulate your brain, have a neuro art class, you know, and put the neuro in front of it because you're going to use your non-dominant hand to create something. You're actually working out your brain at the same time and creating a masterpiece. 
Oh, like a left handed. And you know, it's so funny. Yeah. The other, yeah, I picked up my brush with my left hand the other day only because I, I couldn't grab it with the other hand. And without even thinking, uh, it's in one of my videos. And I started painting with the left. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't, well, what's going on here? But yeah, yeah. so maybe like a left handed uh, painting class. You know what? It's so funny. You know, your right hand does everything. If you're right handed, you give it the fork on your left hand and it's like, eh, I don't know what to do. It's like, <laughs> Exactly. You're like, oh, well, Dr. Roman, thank you so much for being here again today. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. You're just full of energy. I just love your vibe. Um, Guys, please follow him on his social media. If you have any questions, you know, you can just reach him, DM him. And again, thanks for listening to Middle Finger Happiness. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at middlefingerhappiness at gmail.com. And just wish you the best week and just continue to just kick an ass. Thanks. All right. Likewise, (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. Okay, take care. Peace out. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.